good morning, Sherwood Oaks. It's good to see you all here this morning. For those of you uh, who are joining online, uh, thank you for, for tuning in. We're grateful that, that you are here. Thank you, Jim. So last, uh, last week, Tom left us uh, four directives to kind of guide and shape the, the future of our church. You remember what they were? Uh, be grateful, be faithful, be joyful, and be hopeful. And I'll tell you, I can't think of four better words to describe uh, just how I feel this morning, entering into this new chapter in the life of our church. Uh, I am so excited to be a part of this church family. Uh, you know, Neil shared it a, a little bit. Uh, my, Amber and I have, have long had a desire to serve in Sherwood Oaks. If you've been around for a few years and kind of have heard some of my story, you may have heard like, I, Back in that, that time when met Brad and, and Jeremy, uh, we were actually exploring what it could look like for me to come in and serve at, in the student ministry here. And it just wasn't quite the, the timing for it. God made that, that clear uh, in, in a very unique way. And so we hung out in Owensboro for a little bit longer. God continues to do work. And, you know, Neil mentioned uh, my mother-in-law, Lynn Brown. Many of you may know her. And uh, I, I've, I've joked in the past that uh, God loves me and Lynn Brown has a plan for my life. And uh, I am very grateful, very grateful for her persistency and love and just dropping, hey, do you know Sean? Do you know Sean? And um, how God used that uh, and so many other things. Uh, to, to lead uh, Amber and I and Addie and Nora here to this moment. We are uh, very humbled by this and, and very grateful for the opportunity. You know, as we enter into this uh, defining moment in the life of our church, I'm reminded like life is full of moments like this, right? Like moments that you look back on and that kind of shape the, the path that you end up taking. Uh, moments that you would look at and you say, you know, that was a pivotal moment in my life. Everything changed in that moment. I, you know, I was never the same. And, and sometimes those moments are things that like cause us to celebrate and we just rejoice. You know, a marriage, the birth of a child, a new relationship, starting a new job. Like these, th these defining moments um, make a mark on us because of the joy that they bring us. But we also know, I mean, if you've walked through life for very long at all, you know that there are some defining moments in life that, that are filled with pain. They, they kind of leave a scar, and that's why they were defining. The death of a parent, a divorce, um, the loss of a job. And, and these things have a way of kind of shaping who we are and who we are becoming. And I imagine that, that if you and I were to sit down over coffee this week and, and I said, hey, just tell me about your life, you would probably, the first things that you would probably go to are the, the top two or three defining moments in, in your life. They, they just have a way of making a, a mark on us. And these moments in life, they don't just shape us they have a way of revealing our character and testing our resolve. They reveal our character and they test our resolve. And depending on how we navigate through them, they don't just reveal our character, they build our character. They don't just test our resolve, they strengthen our resolve. But a lot of that depends on how you walk through those defining moments in, in your life. And, you know, God, by his grace, uh, has given us many, many men and women who have gone through defining moments that are recorded in Scripture. And, and some of the, the, 
the ones that we see kind of serve as warnings to us. Like when you go through a defining moment in your life, don't go down that path. Like there's a better way, there's another way. And then there's a lot of them though that do point us and they give us direction for how to navigate through, these own, through our own pivotal times in life. And, and one of those is found in Joshua chapter one. We're gonna be looking at that today. So if you have a Bible or a Bible app that you like to use, turn with me to Joshua chapter one and hang on to it. Joshua chapter one, it's the sixth book of the Bible. So it's there really early on uh, in, your, in your text. So we're, we're starting a, a new series this morning called um, Defining Moments, and we're going to be looking at four accounts that I think God can, can use these to help guide us through our own defining moment as a, as a church, but then also as we walk through these times in, in our own life as well. And I believe that the first message that we're going to see from the, from the life of Joshua is, is this, in the uncertainties of life, you can be strong and courageous knowing that the Lord is with you through it all. And, and as we navigate and as we walk through life, I mean, we, all of us go through uncertain times. All of us go through periods of life where we're not quite sure what's around the bend. And I think pretty much every day is like that, but there's some times in life where we're just more acutely aware of how just uncertain life can be. But I think what we see in the life of Joshua is that in those uncertain times, we can be strong, we can be courageous because we know that the Lord is with us through it all. So let's look at our text together. Joshua chapter one, starting in verse one. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses A. Now let's kind of pause right there, hang on to the text up on the screen. Joshua had, had, had come alongside, he'd served alongside of Moses for many years. I mean, we're, we're introduced to him in Exodus um, as, as you know, Moses is on top of the hill holding his hands up for God's power down on the army. Joseph, uh, Joshua is the one who is down leading the army. As Moses goes up the mountain to, to get the tablets that God inscribed the law on, Moses, it, Joshua is Moses' assistant while he is there and while he is coming back. So Joshua and Moses, their story kind of weaves in and out of one another. Joshua watched Moses lead for many, many years. And so now the Lord speaks this word to him. Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. In Joshua chapter one, Israel is standing on the brink of one of the most defining moments in their nation's history. They have, they have just been through 400 years of Egyptian slavery. They, they just went through this very dramatic exodus out of that. And they've been kind of wandering through the wilderness over the last 40 years. And now after all of that, after all of that, they are about to enter into the land that God had promised uh, to their forefather Abraham all the way back in the middle of Genesis. So this is a monumental moment that is going to change everything for the nation of Israel. But in spite of all of the exciting things that were ahead for them, there was one cause for concern. Moses was no longer their leader. 
And everyone standing on the banks of the Jordan River that day, Moses was the only leader they had ever known. He was the one who led them out of Egypt and gave them direction when they felt lost. He was the mouthpiece of God in their lives. Like when the Israelites heard God speak to them, they heard it through the mouth of Moses. He had guided them through times of joy, times of great celebration. They, I mean, they partied together. They enjoyed life together. And he walked alongside of them in times of pain, in times of sorrow, in times of brokenness. And now Moses is gone and there's this new guy named Joshua. And a lot of unknowns come with a new guy, don't they? I'm sure people wondered, where will Joshua lead us? How will he lead us? They they probably wondered to themselves, will God be with Joshua as he was with, with Moses? Will he lead with the same grace and integrity and love and compassion? Will his jokes be as funny To add to the uncertainty, Joshua was not like Moses. They're two very different people. In fact, Joshua's calling was not to step into the shoes of Moses. Joshua's calling was unique and separate from Moses. And Moses had led faithfully and led well. But when God called Joshua, he did not call him to be Moses. He called him to be Joshua. I'm sure Joshua struggled with that. Just as I'm sure the people struggled with that. Their personalities, their styles, their callings were much different. But don't miss this. The substance of what mattered most remained the same Both men desired to be led by God and to lead Israel to be set apart for him. And God comforts Joshua and Israel with these words in verse five. He says this, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm telling you, this is one of my favorite promises in all of scripture. And I think that there's a reason why God repeats it over and over and over. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Because there are times we walk through life and we wonder, God, where are you? God, have you given up on me? And God is telling Joshua, and by extension, he is telling Israel, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God is the consistent thread through the story of Israel. And God is the consistent thread through the story of our church. God promises his presence with Joshua as it was with Moses. And then we see this beautiful refrain repeated three times in verses six through nine. Look at it with me. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left 
that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips, meditated on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God, there it is again, will be with you wherever you go. Do you see it? It's hard to miss. Verse six, be strong and courageous. Verse seven follows up again, only, only with a little, little bit of emphasis. Be strong and very courageous. Verse nine, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. If you're a student of scripture, you know that, that repetition matters. And so when you see something repeated multiple times, especially in such a short amount of verses, you know to pay attention. And so for God to say, be strong and courageous three times means that, that, that the people were probably feeling a little weak. They were probably feeling a little afraid, a little discouraged. But God lifts their heads up. He lifts their eyes and fixes them on him away from the changes, away from the challenges that are in front of them. And he says, listen to me, be strong and courageous. Not in yourselves, not in your own wisdom, not in your past victories, not even in your own might or ability. Be strong and courageous. And he roots their strength and courage in his character and his nature. In verse 6, God roots their strength and courage in his faithfulness, his, his, his ability to keep his promises. He says to Joshua, you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors. He points all the way back to Genesis chapter 12. And he says, you can be strong and courageous because I'm a God who fulfills my promises. In verse seven, God roots their strength and courage in his word. And he says, be careful to obey the law and keep it close to your heart and your mind. In other words, let my word guide you and you will be strong and courageous. In verse nine, God roots their strength and courage in his presence and he reminds them once again, I will be with you wherever you go. Man, these are such good words for us right now in the life of our church, aren't they? You see at Sherwood Oaks, our strength and our courage is not rooted in who our leader is. It is rooted in the character and the nature of God. In this defining moment in the life of our church, God is lifting our heads up. He is lifting our eyes so that they can be fixed on him. Not on the changes, not on the challenges that lie ahead of us. He is focusing our hearts and our minds and our eyes on him. And we forge ahead knowing that our strength and courage is rooted in the faithfulness of God to continue what he started. It is rooted in the word of God that will continue to guide and direct not just our lives, but our church. And it is rooted in the presence of God that will lead us wherever we go. God will continue to lead his church just as he continued to lead through Joshua. And because of that, listen, we do not want to take a single step without first hearing the voice of God. Back in February, 
uh, which <laughs> feels more like six years ago than, than six months ago, but it was just six months ago. Um, I actually had to look at a calendar to make sure, but our, our elders took a, a retreat to fast and to pray uh, for the, the direction of our church um, following the, the transition. And I tell you, it was one of the most remarkable weekends that, that I have ever been a part of. And, and as we looked at all of these things that our church uh, could, could focus on in this, this first year following the transition, like I was just getting excited. I was getting ex- inspired. I, I tell you, we have an incredible group of elders who love this church and this community and wanted to see us serving and engaging uh, the world in ways that we never have before. And it thrilled me. Like I came home so uh, pumped about being able to work with, with these guys. And we came up with a lot of, of great ideas uh, over that weekend. But in the end, we just kept coming back to this one thing. It was, there's a, there's a, a guy named David Butts who teaches a lot on prayer. In fact, that's what his ministry is all focused on, on prayer. David has, has spoken here before. He's led some prayer conferences here before. He's written a lot of books on prayer. And uh, for Christmas this year, uh, my mother-in-law, she, she weaves her way into our narrative again. Uh, my mother-in-law got me his latest book called Forgotten Power. And there's a line in that book that just resonated with us for the entire weekend. And this is what he says. If this is your church, you better hurry up and start. If this is Jesus' church, you better slow down and listen. I'm going to read that again because that that's so good. It's rich and it, it convicted me. And I think it kind of convicted all of us. If this is your church, you better hurry up and start. If this is Jesus' church, you better slow down and listen. So our elders came out of that retreat convinced that the single most important thing that we can do over the next 12 months is to slow down and listen for the word of the Lord and his direction. If our strength and our courage is found in his faithfulness, in his word and in his presence, then we better slow down long enough to listen and to let him lead so that when we move, we do not move ahead of him. We do not lag behind him. But when God moves, we move with him in the strength and the courage of the Lord. And so in the coming weeks and months, you're going to hear more about ways that you can join us in praying for our church, for our community, and for our influence in both. Now I believe that by God's grace and direction, we will come through this defining moment in the life of our church stronger and more united in our faith and our mission than ever before. But this morning is not just about our church. In fact, I imagine that um, there are some that are here right now, some that are joining us online I imagine right now, as you kind of look to the week ahead, as you look to your immediate future, you, you feel like right now, in this moment, you are in the brink of your own defining moment. There's something going on in life that is leading you to take a step of faith that, that maybe right now you're sitting here a little afraid to take. Not sure if you're going to be able to, to do it. And you may think, man, I just don't have the strength and I don't have the courage to take this step. But I think maybe the best news that I can share with you this morning is that you don't have to have the strength and the courage to take it. And God's strength and courage is in you. 
it's not in your ability. It's found in God's faithfulness. It's his direction in your life through his word and his, and his presence that promises to be with you always. He is your strength. He is your courage. And in him, you have all that you need to take that next step of faith that he's calling you to take. And so what do you need courage to do today? What step do you need the Lord's strength to take? I'm wondering if just for a moment we can, you know, figuratively take off our our masks, (laughs) leave your actual ones on, but figuratively, you know, we we come in uh, so so often. We come into to church and we feel like we have to put on a good face, act like we have it all together. We've got life figured out that. You know, our family didn't just get into a a fight on the drive to church this morning. (laughs) But I imagine that that even right now, man, God is is putting on your heart that something that, that you need to do, that you need strength and courage that you just don't feel like you have. But I'm telling you, the Lord wants to give you the strength and the courage to take that step. And so I'm wondering if you could be honest with yourself just for a moment. Let me... Let me just ask, is there something in your life, some step that God wants you to take? Do you need to reconcile with your neighbor and work towards restoring a broken relationship? Do you need the courage to confess a sin or to own up to hurtful action? Something you just keep burying underneath the rug, hoping that it'll go away, but you know that the pain is still there. Do you need the courage to confess that? To seek forgiveness. Maybe you need the strength to forgive someone who's hurt you. Is it time for you to step out of that toxic relationship and you know it's going to be hard, but you know you need to do it? Maybe it's time for you to seek counseling with your spouse and not give up. Do you need the strength to admit that you have an addiction and to, to take your first step towards recovery, knowing that you will not take it alone, that God has not left you. He has not abandoned you. He has not given up on you. And he will walk with you and lead you through your time of healing. I was in a men's group this past Thursday morning, and one of the um, things, topics of our conversation was uh, this idea of rejecting passivity. And I think it's, it's, it's a temptation that we all face. I, and honestly, I think it's, a, it's a, an acute um, temptation that men in particular face. We just, we just kind of live passive lives where we don't address things as needed. We, we, we have tendencies to talk about people instead of to people. And, and so we, we avoid um, actually taking action and we just kind of live these passive lives. And I'm wondering if God is calling you to step out of your passivity this morning and to take a step of faith that's gonna be hard. Maybe it's gonna require some humility, but he's looking at you and he's saying, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged because I am with you wherever you go.
So do you need the courage to play a bigger role in your child's spiritual development, the courage just to get out of bed tomorrow? You feel like God is calling you to take a leap of faith and you just need the strength to take that next step. I want you to imagine for a moment what life would feel like on the other side of that step of courage and strength. Imagine you, you've, you've, you've taken that, the Lord was with you. Imagine what you would experience on the other side of that defining moment in your life. And for some of you, it absolutely could be a defining moment. It could be something you look back on years from now and say, everything changed because of this. The freedom that you would feel, the healing that would take place, the joy that would just wash over you, the life that would come back to you, that would come back to your relationships. For those in the room this morning, hopefully when you came in, easy to miss, but hopefully you came in and, and got one of these trees. If you did, go ahead and, and pull it out and just kind of hang on to it. If you didn't, they're, they're kind of lining the back of the room. You can pick one up on your, on your way out today. Uh, for those of you who are joining us online, we'll have these available at our East Campus and, and in Bedford over the next few weeks. Trees represent life and strength and resolve. I mean, wind pushes against them, the sun beats down on them, but they still stand courageously through it all. And the same is true in life. We live in a broken world that is filled with pain and suffering. And sometimes if we're honest, we just feel like giving up and giving in. But the Lord is with us. He is for us and he gives us the strength and the courage to stand. He gives us new life and a fresh start. So we do not have to be afraid. We do not have to be discouraged. And so I want you to think about it today, that, that this day could be a defining moment in your life that you look back on years from now because you had the strength and the courage from the Lord to move past your fear, to move past your hurt, your anger, Today could be the defining moment that changes everything for you from this point forward. And so in this moment of quiet reflection, I want you to imagine what your life would look like on the other side of that step of faith that maybe God is calling you today. What one word would sum it up? Is it peace, freedom, joy, and, and, and it may be a challenge to get there, but again, God is lifting your eyes up from the challenge, and he's saying, fix your eyes on me. I will give you the strength and the courage to take this step. What I want you, I'm kind of inviting you to do is, is as you take this tree home, to take a Sharpie, to take a pen, and write down that word that really defines what life would be like on the other side of that step of faith and put it somewhere. We put a little magnet on, put it on a fridge, put it someplace that'll serve as a reminder for what life can be like on the other side of that step of faith, knowing that the Lord is with you. So I'm gonna give us a few moments to reflect on that and then we'll close off this morning. same God that promised to be with Moses and Joshua 
is the same God who promised to be with you. There is one who is an even greater leader than Moses, an even greater leader than Joshua, who will lead all people to follow God. But instead of just guiding the Israelites to be set apart for him, he gave his life, he laid his life down to make all of us holy, to set all of us apart, to forgive us and to set us free from the bondage of sin. And while God's chosen leaders come and go here on earth, Jesus never will. In fact, his parting words to his disciples, who I imagine experienced their own fear and discouragement, Jesus tells them and us these words, and surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Church, Jesus is with us always, even to the end of the age. He is with you. And so the question this morning is not, is Jesus with you? That's a resounding yes, absolutely. The question is, are you with Jesus? Are you walking with him? Are you allowing him to lead and guide your life, to give you the strength and the courage to walk in faith? If you're not, you can be. If you're ready to take that courageous step and to invite Jesus to be the forgiver of your sins and the leader of your life, we invite you to come today. We're gonna sing and we're gonna close off our services. If you have a decision that you're ready to make, I'll be right down here after service and I'd love to talk to you. Won't you stand as I pray? God, thank you so much for your word, for the truth that it speaks to us for the direction that it gives us. And Lord, in our defining moments in life and as a church, you guide us. And so Father, I pray that, that this morning as we look ahead, and there's certainly some uncertainties. In fact, for many of us, that's the only thing that's certain. Lord, we take these next steps of faith into our future with strength and courage, knowing that you will be with us through it all. And Father, for the person here this morning that knows exactly what that next step is that they need to take, Lord, may you give them strength and courage and walk with them as they do. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and how you guide us. In Jesus' name.